Embrace the darkness. I mean, what the hell, right? The inspiration. Definition through opposition. Even a happy life cannot be without a measure of darkness, and the word happy would lose its meaning if it were not balanced by sadness. Carl Jung. Is it true that we can't appreciate light without darkness? Sure. I mean, yeah. But I think there's also inherent value to our darkness, a value that's not dependent on light to define it. What is toxic positivity if not a darkness brought on by the refusal to embrace darkness? There's a reason why we tell dark stories, because we need to remind ourselves that not every problem can be solved. Maybe every problem shouldn't be solved. Maybe sometimes we need to sit in the mess to realize that it is a part of us, that we cannot experience ourselves in completeness if we don't allow ourselves to be unhappy, selfish, and lost sometimes. The Fat Orange Cat. It's a bad, 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 bad world. Have your most honorable character do something bad. I mean bad, wrong, unjustifiable, hurtful, wicked. Don't cheat. Don't make it because they were drunk or tricked. Make them choose darkness. If you can't do this without breaking that character, then you may want to consider scruffing that character up a bit. If they're that capital G good, then they might not read as terribly human. The Trope creepy doll. Dolls are inherently creepy. You know what you never see little girls clutching in light frothy stories? Dolls. You know why? Creepy. They're made to look like humans, usually human babies, but they're not alive. They don't have animus. They're just there, staring. And the older they get, the creepier they get. We used to give this monstrosity to children. Okay, for those of you listening to the podcast, I have in the thing, if you have not read the thi- Go read the thing. There's a picture of this doll that I found on a website that sells old creepy dolls. It should be called oldcreepydolls.com, but it's not. It's like Ruby Lane or something like that. But it, the doll has this like blondish curly hair and these super pink cheeks and then these eyes. These eyes that are like incredibly wide with these black pupils with the little reflective light kind of scratched in there and it's naked it's naked but the thing also is that there's a choice that was made here there's a choice that was made here to light the doll completely to one side and a little bit to the back so that most of the doll is actually in shadow most of the doll is actually darkness it's creepy shit guys telling you anyway back to the thing we used to give this monstrosity to children to children. Here's the unfathomable listing I got the picture from where people are being asked to pay for this protective case for evil that should be destroyed in a ritual fire. And again, for those of you listening in the post, there is a link. I do not recommend clicking on it, but you are all grown ass people. Do what you want to do. Y'all, I'm telling you, I never even watched the Chucky movies, but I had nightmares about that fucking doll for years because of the trailers. Dolls are a cheap ticket to creepy town. Use them at your own risk. The question, what does it say about me? 
Have you ever wondered why you're drawn to tell or read particular stories? Sometimes I worry that there's something wrong with me that I like writing scary, dark stories. Thy name is Darkness. Dear Tanid, is there something wrong with you? I mean, odds are, there's something wrong with most of us. But without those of us brave enough to write about the things that are wrong, many of us would never face that wrongness. Honestly, the people I've personally known who write dark stories are some of the most delightful people I know. Maybe it's because they work that shit out in their stories and the fact that they've wrestled that darkness instead of just ignoring it by whistling a jaunty tune is what makes them so delightful. The fact that darkness is there is a given. We all have it. The extent to which we are honest about and face our inner darkness is what varies. You're dealing with it and giving it healthy expression through dark, scary stories. Some people don't do that, and they instead live dark, scary lives. Your choice seems like the healthier way to go to me. I'd say as long as you're not actually hurting anyone in your real life, you're doing the rest of us a service. Carry on. The Practical Sharp Cravings Ian left town last week and I've been here by myself and for reasons I cannot even begin to fathom, I spent all of Saturday watching Sharp Objects. Now, if you haven't seen Sharp Objects, don't fret, I'm not going to spoil anything except to say that it's really good until maybe the very last little bit. I haven't decided how I feel about it. And I do recommend it. At the same time, yikes. Here's the thing about me. Until very recently, I've avoided the scary dark in my stories. I don't mind a little darkness, a little edge, but mostly I liked my stories fluffy and light and whipped up to a froth. I was one of those people who thought that if they could avoid the darkness, they could avoid the darkness. I have learned in recent years that that's a foolhardy presumption. About a year and a half ago, I started doing movie nights with Ian and his best friend Jack and my daughter Sarah. Ian and I are the light and fluffy types. We're sensitive, precious types who don't care for horror, which is kind of funny when you consider that we met because we both do Buffy the Vampire Slayer commentary, but whatever. Buffy, at its darkest, is still mostly fantasy and humor. But anyway, Jack is super into horror, and my daughter Sarah can appreciate a dark tale as well, and I decided that if I was going to be a story expert, I needed to engage with all the genres, so when horror movies came up in the rotation, and they often did, I watched. I hated it, most of the time, but I watched. And something about watching those movies has made me, from time to time, kind of crave the darker stories, which is opening up a whole world of movies, TV shows, documentaries, and podcasts I ordinarily would have avoided. Midnight Mass, The Leftovers, Dirty John, Promising Young Woman, Dr. Sleep. It's interesting to see how the things we avoid often contain something we need. Maybe that's why we avoid them? Maybe. Where the dark things are. Bring a map and a torch. January 15th. 2022. Dear writer, after watching Sharp Objects last week, I called my best friend Kelly. She loves that show. It was on her recommendation that I watched it. I was still reeling from the experience. I hadn't craved a dark fiction experience in a long time, probably since I was a teenager and slasher films were all the rage. But I'd craved one that weekend, and boy, did I get what I asked for. When we talked about it, Kelly told me she'd read the book a number of times and watched the miniseries over and over, and she loved it every time. I didn't ask her why she loved it. It didn't occur to me to ask. 
I'm not sure she would be able to answer if I did ask her that question any more than I would be able to answer if she'd asked me why I was suddenly craving dark stories. I have no earthly idea. Our discussion got me thinking about how we all tread our dark places in our own individual ways. Our darkness belongs to us. It is ours. And we deal with it as we will. No judgment. I dealt with my darkness by whistling past it, making jokes, pretending it wasn't there. For almost 50 years, I did that. I tried to battle darkness by becoming lighter and frothier and fluffier until finally I'd made myself brittle. And when the darkness came for me, I cracked. It's probably best, before talking about darkness, to define it. What does darkness even mean, anyway? More importantly, as I'm the one who gets to define my own darkness, what does it mean to me? When trying to work out what an idea means, the dictionary is my standard starting place, and the dictionary says darkness is the partial and the dictionary says darkness is the partial or total absence of light and wickedness or evil. Huh. I don't see my internal darkness as wicked or evil. I see it as the space in which I face wickedness and evil. But in order to face wickedness and evil, I have to travel to them. They sure as shit aren't coming to my turf where I've got lights and scented candles and romantic comedies running 24-7. I've built a life that doesn't invite the darkness in. But it just occurs to me now that by refusing to go into those dark spaces, I've let the darkness define its own territory. And I've probably ceded quite a bit of space where I could have comfortably hung out a bit in my life. Maybe that's my answer to why. I crave the dark stories because I was tired of playing defense. Maybe. For many, many years, I would not go into those dark spaces. I was all three monkeys at once. See no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil. But that's just denial, isn't it? Saying something isn't there, refusing to acknowledge it, doesn't make it not there. If anything, it gives it more power because it's able to slink around in the spaces I won't enter, doing damage in places I refuse to chart, in ways I refuse to understand. For most of my life, when watching something scary, I would close my eyes when the bad things happened. When all I did was listen, the sounds would spark horrors in my imagination that were a million times worse than anything the screen would show me. Instead of giving the movie or TV show less power, I gave it more. I let it inside my mind, where it did so much more damage than if I had never looked away at all. There are theories out there about why we enjoy horror movies. I mean, on the surface, it doesn't really make sense. Why do we want to be scared? Why do we enjoy experiencing through fiction the horrible things that people can do to each other? Why do we feel the need to see a glimpse of the monsters that prowl in the dark waiting to take us? Does it make us feel safer? Like we've navigated a map and can mark the spots where the beasts lay in wait? I don't know. Maybe. All I know about any of it is that the most powerful love I've ever felt is when I fell into darkness and I cracked and my best friend took my hand and said, I know this place. I will lead you through it. And on the way out, we'll hit the good bars. I know where they all are. <laughs> and she walked me through. We can't whistle the darkness away or laugh it away or love it away. We can only lead each other through it. Kindness community and love in the face of darkness shows us where the real power lies and it's not even a contest everything <laughs>